I think for me, it's a way of like having been a guy who mixes a lot for a, a long time. Dub plates are always the talk of everything. Like, who's got the newest dubs? Where are you getting them from? Like, but the point is that they have real value. They have real value that's hugely undermined by the fact that there isn't blockchain protection built into the way we handle digital music, but it can be done now. So I did it, or I'm trying. <laughs> this is the Last Weekly Quit Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Last Week Liquid Podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, today, I'm super happy to bring you my discussion with Ali Fletcher. He's the founder of Sunny Moves and also the founder of Dubplate.trade, an NFT platform. Uh, I've wanted to have a chat about NFTs for a very long time. It's a topic I'm really curious about, but also very skeptic. Um, and I was just, yeah, waiting to find the right person to speak to, to have a, an educated opinion, because I think we're, we're all interested by this topic, but um, not a lot of us are truly informed as to what it is or how it works or any of that. So, yeah, I saw Oli uh, launching his platform a few months ago and knowing him from having released music with Sunny Moves, uh, got in touch with him and uh, set up this, this chat. So, yeah, I thought it was a great chat. It really opened my eyes to some aspects of um, NFTs that I hadn't thought about. Um, I'm still not 100% sold on the long-term, uh, let's say, long-term viability of it, uh, especially for very small emerging artists. Um, but... As with all of these things, I'm, I always say the market, the market will decide if there's value in it or not. Um, we've obviously seen a huge hype phase uh, with NFTs, which seems to be or to have uh, quietened down. And now the market will decide if, um, if there's value behind this concept. Uh, people would, will put their money behind it if they think it's something valuable or not. And so that's going to be really interesting to see play out. But so, yeah, uh, loved having Ali on. Um, he brought a lot of um, expertise and a lot of um, point of views that I hadn't thought about. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this one. I hope it clarifies some questions you may have uh, around NFTs. And if you still have any, feel free to reach out to me at any time or reach out to Ali. Um, you can get in touch with me or the podcast uh, over on my website, lastweekliquid.com or on my socials at MillStreetDNB um, and also at Last Week Liquid uh, on Instagram. Uh, feel free to get in touch. And also, if you've missed it, um, I was super happy to launch uh, two weeks ago a brand new episode uh, with Aussie, which is called The Rundown. Uh, it's going to be a bi-weekly, so every two weeks uh, episode focused on the news and new releases within the drum and bass scene. I'm really happy to have launched that. Uh, it's a, an idea I was um, thinking about for a long time, but hadn't found the right co-host to do it with. Um, and so, yeah, with Aussie, I'm um, super glad that he was um, willing to come on board for that. And so... On top of your weekly Monday interview episodes, you'll get every second tu uh, Thursday um, uh, a rundown episode which will be focused around the news and releases within drum and bass. Obviously, it's not going to cover everything within drum and bass because that would be impossible. So it's just what, we're, what we think is important and the releases we're uh, enjoying or looking forward to. It's not meant to be an all-encompassing summary of what's happening. Because uh, I know I've already gotten feedback of people saying, oh, you're not covering this or that. But yeah, it's just kind of what we're vibing with and what we want to talk about. So please do check that out. Um, there's going to be another one coming this Thursday. Uh, so hope you enjoy that. Feel free, as always, to get in touch, share the episodes with people who might enjoy it. That's always really appreciated when I see people sharing episodes. And I'll leave it at that for now. Um, you might have noticed, just to conclude this intro, a slight drop in, uh, in quality for this episode. Um, I don't have my regular mic set up. 
because uh, I'm back in Belgium for a week now with my parents, so I didn't have my whole podcasting setup. So slight drop in quality. Hope it doesn't impede on the quality of this discussion. And yeah, that's about it. So yeah, as always, thanks a lot for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the show. And we're on. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Last Week Liquid podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Ali Fletcher. As you will have guessed from the title, this episode will be dedicated to decrypting the mystery behind NFTs. You've all seen the headlines, NFTs selling for 50 million here, 30 million there. But what does it all actually mean? This is what today's guest is going to help us understand. Ali is the founder of Sunny Move Records, as well as the founder and CEO of Dublate.trade, an NFT platform dedicated towards the music industry. Ali, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you for having me on, Simon. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, we were chatting just before. Some people might be aware, because I think I mentioned it in previous episode, but Sunny was my first ever release. Um, so... I've said this in the past, but Sunny will always hold uh, a special place in my heart as the first group of people that kind of trusted my music and put it out there. So right off the bat, uh, hugely grateful to you and the team for putting my music out. Um, it was quite a milestone for me. So yeah, thanks for That's that. Simon, we're more than happy to have you on the label. You're a very talented producer and it's good to see you doing things in the podcasting realm as well. Yeah. And you've been... Uh, you've let The two... You've put out a track by Pixies recently, which was featured on on, on Galaxy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and before that, I remember two tracks by HD, which were amazing. Like I listened to those tracks, and I was like, "Jesus, how did you manage to <laughs> get those two tracks on the on your label? Because they were really good." So it feels like the the label is going places. Yeah, so it's been so much better since. So I, I ran it for a little while on my own, and uh, then more recently, I've brought on a couple of friends. Um, and, and Jack is running the A&R and he's doing a fantastic job of finding some new and fresh talent, including yourself, including HD. Uh, and HD is actually coming down to play, uh, except for us at our, mm. our rave on the uh, 24th of July in London. So we're very excited to be uh, showcasing some of his stuff. Because, uh, as you mentioned, he's a very talented bloke. Yeah, yeah. So is that event happening? Is that the one with uh, Hugh Hardy? Yeah, Hugh Hardy headlining, and we've got um, Lower as well. Yeah, yeah, that's quite and the so headline. Should be, should be, if we're lucky, <laughs> going ahead. Um, as I said, 24th, so, so granted everything goes ahead on the 19th, um, then yeah, we'll, be, we'll have the pleasure of hosting Hugh uh, mm. and showcasing some sunny music. Yeah, yeah, no, fingers crossed, man. Uh, I think they announced... Obviously, this episode will be going out a, a lot later, but as we're recording, they announced yesterday that clubs will be open without any tests or vaccine or anything as of like mid-July. So if they stick by that, then should be good to go. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I have everything crossed. It's been so long since we've done one. The last one was February the 2nd, 2020. Yeah. Uh, it's been a real lull, but um, yeah. Say everything crossed. Yeah, yeah. Probably before we jump into the big topic, NFTs and, and the play dot trade and, and all of that, because um, once we get into that topic, I don't think we'll get out of it. So before we jump into that one, um, just to chat a bit about Sunny Moves, um, how did that label kind of start? So you, obviously you founded it. What was the motivation, idea behind it? Um, I guess I was part of a group of friends, the guys who I run with at the moment, so Patient and, and Jack B. Um, and these guys were creating a lot of um, like liquid, but I don't know, there seemed to be a bit of a gap for like happy liquid. Mm. Um, so that whole like euphoria and everything it is something that, that we all know and love, and, and those guys are very good at making it. I, I don't produce myself. Um, I basically just wanted to make an outlet for for showing people that kind of music, uh, and felt there wasn't, um, uh, you know, the representation that I was looking for um, when I was searching around for that kind of stuff. Um, so one day I just thought, do you know what? I'm just going to do it myself, <laughs> um, and just dove, dove in the deep end. Um, 
yeah and so ran ran it on my own for about a year um quite a lot to do alone um but also you, you get a lot more value out of um having sounding boards and collaboration with people just generally yeah. in all decision making um so since since Jack and Tom have been involved um the last year or so um you know we've seen some some remarkable talent on the label um a more consistent release schedule um you know and just the ability to grow across the board in the areas that we really excel in mm-hmm. um which has been fantastic so you know really i see sunny moves as a as a um music in the sun kind of mm. thing so the events are so important to me yeah um and and i see it really as like a festival brand we, we've been toying with the idea of starting up a, a festival stream with sunny days but that's obviously uh, <laughs> hindered a little bit by the current situation yeah. um yeah but so i mean that that's the story and, and been running now i think we've just ticked over two years on the, yeah. the 21st of june did, did you have any um like because you said you weren't a producer experience with either music labels or the music industry in general before starting Sunny Moves? Well, so I've been uh, mixing for years and years um, and I have stabbed at producing. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, just not necessarily something I've ever connected with um, in terms of generating my own sounds. I get a lot more joy out of listening to the stuff that other people create. Um, I find myself a perfectionist, and I just end up going around in, in cycles in my head, and I can't get it, yeah. can't get it to do what I want it to do. Um, you know, so for me, mixing has always been a real love because I love to find new music, listen to new music, and and tell a story through a, a period of time. But I like doing that with with other people's music. Yeah. Um, and then my day to day job is, uh, you know, helping organisations run themselves. So. Business is really where my like skill set mm. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought, why not amalgamate it all and you know and do something for the scene that I love so much? Yeah, yeah. Um, take some of those skills I've learned from my my career. Was that your was Sunny Moves like like your first like solo endeavor, like your first startup, so to speak? It's like my first side hustle. Yeah, yeah. I guess before that, it was always just focusing on the career. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel do you feel there's a lot of skills that you brought from your professional career into like sunny moves and, and music in general? Yeah, massively so. My career has taught me a huge amount of things with regards to managing people, stakeholders, um, relationships, mm. um, and then also just like fundamentally the building blocks of how to run a business. Yeah. Um, which I think I needed to wait until, you know, I was twenty six when I started sun, Sunny Moves. Mm. Um, I really needed all the experience I had before then, um, you know, and all the connections I'd built over 10 years of raving, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and mixing as well. But um, yeah, it, it was just the right time, right? It was like a perfect storm, yeah. um, which is kind of the same same story for, for Dublin as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like when you talk about like relationships, it's a, a quote that comes up often in music is not so much what you know, it's who you know, and who you can connect with, because you could be making the most amazing music in the world if you can't put it in the right hands or get it in front of the right people. Not many people will actually hear it, which is sad, obviously, because you want the music to speak for itself. But there is that element of of business uh, relationships, etc., in music, which which can be understated for sure. No, hundred percent. I think that was one of the key things that I was frustrated with. Um, it's like nepotism in the music industry, mm. um, and that's why Sunny Moves was, you know, a bit of a struggle to get off the ground because realistically, I'm nobody. Mm. I don't, you know, I don't have a big following. I'm not like some big name. I just wanted to create um, something that had a a consistent thread in terms of the style that we were delivering a place where people could reliably come and find the sunny artists yeah um yeah but it it, it was harder because we didn't have you know um any ties in but i think with anything like that it's being consistent with what you're offering people Mm. trying to show them what it is they can get from you and then just building up the awareness organically yeah 
feels like you're telling the story of this podcast because <laughs> when I started, <laughs> I was as you like I was nobody. Nobody knew me. I wasn't an established producer or anything, and it was just the love of drum and bass and speaking to artists I had never heard of. I was like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast and. Obviously, it's been a slow grind because you start from zero. Like there's no acquired fan base ahead of time. It's just like grinding every week. And just like you, like every release, you probably get a few new pair of eyes on the label. And it's just, you keep at it. <laughs> Absolutely. I do fundamentally believe the answer is tenacity. Yeah. Every single day, you can just chip away at something and make it even 1% better than it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time you you reach the end of a of whatever time frame it will be like the amalgamation of all of those incremental yeah. betterments have you we're going off on a tangent already have you heard the have you read the book atomic habits have you heard of that book i haven't okay it's because it talks about like one percent improvements that's why like just what you said it made, made me think of it um it, it, it talks about this concept of like like high achievers, like in sports, for example, or any high achievers are those that can persist through the boredom. And I found that really like insightful and it really stuck with me. Like somebody who's like, um, like a top athlete, it's somebody who can persist through the boredom of going in the gym like every day. And half the time they probably don't want to go there, but they're still going there and exercising and they can persist through that boredom of going to the gym. And that's what separates them from others. Um, kind of so relates to what we're saying. Yeah. You know, I totally, totally get that. I've had that with labels, with the label. Like, there's definitely been times in my life where life is very busy, work is busy, and or you know, relationships or whatever's going on. And you're like, I don't have the time for this. Yeah. Um, even if it's not boredom, it's it's like um, you just you have more important stuff going on. Yeah. And then you just have to remind yourself that if you stop adding to it ever, then it stops growing. Yeah. And so you've got that like end goal in mind. You, you know what you're working toward. You're reminding yourself of that, and then overcoming the like immediate emotions or the immediate feelings. Yeah. Uh, just getting on with it. Yeah. Do Do you have like an end goal for for setting moves? Like a something in mind that you'd like to achieve one day? Um, I'm not sure. It started as a I wanted to create an outlet for um, giving people who were making incredible music um, a voice, um, which is a lot about finding newcomers and a lot about introducing people to the scene. And like lots of our guys have been picked up by um, like Focus and other bigger labels, and, and it kind of has been um, a stepping stone for them. Yeah which is great. Like That's what we want to see. We want to see people growing and making the most of their careers. Um, I guess as we grow, it would be, um, it turns more into, we want to be the, the sought after place to land. Yeah. Um, I think that would be the natural progression for it. And I think we're slowly getting there now, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time sifting through a lot of demos. Um, and where before we were kind of going out and finding new people, it's the other way shifted. around. Yeah. Exactly that. That's what you want. <laughs> um, yeah, which is great. And yeah. then we have to like look at exactly what we're offering and um, the best way of um, you know, dealing with that and just still ensuring that we stay true to what we're meant to be doing, right? Yeah. The one thing that Sony Moves is never going to be is about the money. Yeah. No, well, drum and bass is the wrong place for that anyways. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. Um, You'd be you'd be running a, a house label or a, a techno, maybe not techno, but definitely like yeah, house or something if it was for the money. So yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, spinning records or something. Exactly. <laughs> no, it just it just needs to be about like valuable, genuinely um, quality mm. music. You know. Yeah, we're gonna move to NFT slowly, but just the last question on on Sunny Moves and and running a label. What's the because obviously, as you said, there's a lot of aspects, I guess, of running a label that you probably don't enjoy or you'd like to like push off to later. But what's one aspect of like running a label that you, you really enjoy? I love the nights, man. Mm. I love the nights. The chance where the artists get to talk to their fans in person through music is just magical. 
Mm. And I can pick like snapshot moments from nights that will just live in my mind forever where you can just see a whole room of people connecting with an artist that previously, you know, was feeling feeling like they couldn't get out there and they couldn't do what they wanted to do. They couldn't get their music heard, um, you know, and we always try and book like someone, um, someone good for a headline. So they, they tend to be like pretty vibey nights. Yeah. Um, you know, it allows them to find new artists. It allows the artists to talk to the, talk to their fans, meet, you know, more established producers, network and connect. Going back to that relationship thing, the relationships are all born yeah. on, on nights like that. And, yeah. Oh, just love it. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can feel it through the through the screen. <laughs> I can feel the good vibes coming through. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. the twenty fourth of July just needs to go ahead. Ah, uh, yeah. Fingers crossed. But I mean, yeah. Um, I was saying on a Discord server the other day. I'm I'm probably after the year and a half we've had. I'm gonna be a a pessimist for the rest of my life like I've, I'm never going to be an optimist again because it's just it's so <laughs> devastating to be an optimist these days <laughs> every turn isn't it just so, not fair. so I'm again I'm optimistic for 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 your your night um I forget if we start recording when you mentioned it but Hugh Hardy is playing Laura is playing um yeah. HD yeah. is playing um and we got Aiden as well yeah 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 so yeah, big up to all of them, and yeah, fingers crossed it does go ahead because I know we all need it. Yeah, I'm um, gonna stay optimistic for this one. Yeah, if this doesn't go ahead, then I'll join you on being pessimist <laughs> for the rest of my life. Oh uh, yeah, well, uh, I don't wish it upon you because it's not fun being a pessimist. But uh... <laughs> yeah, too right. so all right, the big topic everybody wants to to know about. So as I mentioned when I reached out to you. Uh, NFTs is something I'm I'm really curious about. Um, I'm I'm generally of a curious nature, and I'm always interested in like new technologies popping up. Bitcoin is one I'm really fascinated with, but I've been quite skeptic about skeptic about like cryptos and all the the rest of the eco- ecosystem that appeared around it, which has been scammy at worst and doubtful <laughs> at best for mm-hmm. for most of those cryptos. Um, and then NFTs definitely came along, I'd say this year, probably last year already, but I think this year definitely took the spotlight with like Beeple and 69 million it sold for and Kings of Leon and Disclosure and all these like like mainstream names kind of getting into it. And so obviously it's beyond music, but we can focus it on, on music for, for this chat. Um, there's been a lot of talk of how we can actually help musicians and kind of help the broken economics of of being a musician today basically um Mm. so i want to bring it back to to the fundamentals first um because i guess a lot of people listening might not be super familiar with the crypto world or nfts in general so uh maybe before actually before talking about all of that maybe tell me you how did you get into into like the crypto crypto world and then nfts so I got into crypto in 2016, 2017. Um, and it was because I was living with my good friend and now business partner, Luke, um, Luke Watson. And he had bought two Bitcoins for £400. Good times. Um, yeah. And, and he was kind of trading them. And, um, you know, I think the big question for everyone is what we can see there's, you know, there's an asset and it's going up and it's going up and it seems to be like exponential at times. Um, the big question is why? Yeah. Like why is it moving like that? What does it do? What's what's the function? What's the value? Um, and so that's kind of when I started getting interested in it. Um, and obviously you've got Bitcoin, which is like your your gold standard or crypto standard or whatever. Um, and it's just a currency. The bit where it got really interesting for me was Ethereum, which is um a similar concept but it comes with its own coding language and allows people to build applications that talk to and use the blockchain mm-hmm. so okay so what sort of problems does the blockchain solve we know that it's all transactional but then i just started going down that route and 
and finding out more. And I think the more I read about it, the more I was like, this is the very logical next step for everything transactional. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe. And I know not everyone is of a similar mind. Mm-hmm. I think as the technology becomes more familiar, um, you know, like late 80s, no one really understood or knew what the internet was. It was a very difficult thing to explain. And now it's very, very common. Like people just understand that. But you speak to like a Neanderthal, they're not yeah, going to yeah. have any clue. <laughs> how yeah. the internet works it's going to be completely alien yeah. I think blockchain is just in that very early stage where people don't like fundamentally understand the concepts but yeah. as that becomes more widely known um i think it will be hugely harnessed yeah i think i think a big part of it is in terms of like user interface and experience because Massive. obviously the, f- the first people sending emails were actually writing code to send an email and obviously you're grandmother would never send an email writing code but nowadays using the internet is just literally tapping your finger on the screen like that's what it is and you're using the internet and so everybody can do it and i think we're at that stage definitely with crypto bitcoin uh we're at a stage where even doing transactions is still like if you get the wrong address and stuff it can be lost forever and things like that rubbish isn't it? it's rubbish it's absolutely rubbish for now and that's like the when I talk talk about it with my wife, she said, "Yeah, but nobody's gonna use it. Like it's so, like not user friendly." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's so it's early stages. Like we're gonna get to a point where it's gonna be like tapping your finger, and it's all gonna be." Hundred percent. Yeah. Completely agree with that. Like I think that's one of the big things that we're trying to focus on as part of Dubplay is building something that is user friendly because the industry we're talking to unlike basically every crypto project is not the crypto market mm. we're talking to the, the music industry who are a bunch of people who don't obsess over crypto and want yeah. to install like five different applications and yeah. learn about trading on the bsc smart chain and you know all this stuff that exactly like you say just to me isn't ironed out yet but yeah. it will be um, but we're actually building this platform with um, an exchange. So you'll have the bit. So instead of like other platforms where you have to go and buy some crypto on Binance, send it to your address and then mm. spend it on the website, you'll be able to put your car details into the website. Okay. And it will automate the okay. changing it to tokens, spending the tokens, All in one and place. vice versa, called yeah. on and off ramping. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So m- m- maybe before we get into the plate and, and and what it is, taking a step back again, uh, a lot of people have heard of NFTs. Uh, what's an NFT? What is an NFT? Yeah. The question on everyone's mind. Exactly. So it stands for non fungible token. Um, so Bitcoin is an FT, a fungible token, which basically means it can be replicated. One Bitcoin is the same as the next Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fungible. Um, non-fungible tokens. Like dollar bills, basically. Like, like dollar one, bills, yeah. exactly. Non-fungible tokens are um, are about, uh, it, it's, it's an algorithm or it's an encryption that um, cannot be replicated. Um, it is 100% unique. It's kind of like having a certificate of ownership for a physical item, if it was, say, a painting because there's been lots of um, stuff to do with NFTs and, and um, visual artwork. Yeah. Um, it's like you're the owner of that piece of art. People can still have prints of it. It's not to say that it can't be copied. What it is to say is that you are the owner of it, and yeah. that is um, you know, certain. There's, there's no two ways about that. Mm. I think that's where the excitement has come for it. It, it allows people to have a collectible item in a digital world. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go straight, just straight in with my, my own questions and my <laughs> skepticism. So I, I think the, the first thing that a lot of people kind of have trouble getting to grips with when it comes to NFT is the whole digital aspect of it. Like the, it's not material. Like if you're an artist and you print only 10 vinyls of something, it's quite easy to understand like, okay, there's only 10 vinyls and, none more ever are going to be produced 
if if the artist says so and if you like trust him uh, and then you get one vinyl and you know there's only 10 and there's number whatever two on your vinyl and that's your like vinyl like how does that like translate to the like digital world like how do you how is how is it limited in the di digital world like if i send you a picture now i still have that picture on my laptop for example there's like just a copy so how does that translate well so i guess it's kind of the same as if you were to put a vinyl on a turntable and record off the mp3 right okay and then you can still send around the mp3 people can still listen to the music but you're still the only person who actually has the vinyl mm. so nfts go onto the public ledger and so that essentially means that because blockchain is decentralized mm -hmm. which means it doesn't come through a central server everything everything that's talking to the blockchain is talking to it from its separate nodes mm -hmm. and that's why transactions take a bit of time because everywhere updates yeah. it means it can't be hacked essentially yeah um what what your nft is is it's 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 an encryption that goes onto the public ledger and it says you are the owner of it Mm -hmm. the same as your vinyl right you're the only person in the entire world that can have that vinyl yeah your wallet address and there'll be functions to make that more user-friendly mm -hmm. so simon your username will be like linked through the website so you can see who owns what tracks at any time okay and so as you build that into the future like if, if that's on an application on your phone a really easy to use quick app you could have you could check within seconds whether someone is the rightful owner mm. of the track they're playing because absolutely people will share tracks the same way with the current nfts they just copy the jpeg and send it to each other yeah but the the solution that comes with nfts is that you are the owner of that encryption key yeah Okay, so, so so what does beyond uh, I guess the um, and I feel I'm I'm putting you on trial here. It's just because I have a lot of questions and I know a lot of people have questions. Please do. Um, I'm sure your audience are thinking the same. Yeah, yeah. So please don't take any of this the wrong way. But for example, in the case you just explained, like it proves you have ownership, but you can still copy it and and send it around. Um, so so what's the I guess the What's the appeal beyond, I guess, prestige or like there, there's talks like for royalties, for example, does that come into play if you're the owner of a, of a track, for example, how, how does that work? Or is it just being able to say, I own this track, even though the track is also on Spotify, if you, so, if you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, my vision for dubplate trade and it may adapt in the future is that it's for unreleased music okay so that those really special tracks that you hear on on nights out like metrics cadence vip which has obviously been released now but um that was one of those ones that you'd hear in a set and, or you'd be out on a night and it would just blow your mind um you know a handful of people in the world have that track um it being an nft kind of exclusively assigns a certain number of people that track okay and for me that is the next step for the digital world um in valuing and um owning tracks because you can give it to your whoever you intend to give it to okay i think the real piece with nfts is everybody loves a collectible right yeah. My housemate has like a thousand pounds worth of Pokemon cards, which is <laughs> so cool, right? Yeah. But they're just right. It's just a bit of paper with with some writing on it. It's yeah. the fact that it's a collector's item. Yeah, you know, if if I if Cadence VIP, for example, had had not come out and um, you know went up on sale and was like, look, there's only five five copies of this. And you can buy it, and it's an asset, and you can sell it on if you want to. Yeah. But when you sell it on, um, it's publicly written on a globally accessible system that you are no longer the owner of that yeah. of that track. So inherently, I want to keep it because it's mine. Yeah. It's it's part of my love for that artist. 
it's something mm. really special that allows me to kind of I don't know connect with the artist in a certain way mm. um, in a way that you can't really do at the moment they can't be too like dub USBs right yeah similar kind of thing wouldn't you be able to do it like just on on like Bandcamp and like like kind of do a like a, a raffle style like 10 people like randomly will get like or, or even like people could bid and then you just send a wave directly to them like do, yeah. ba basically what i'm getting at is like do you need do you need a blockchain and all this like complicated technology to enable uh wh what you're talking about basically yeah no no so i totally get that but if if like i bought booze usb when he did his one like 300 usbs or whatever yeah and like everyone is just going to go around sending those tracks to each other yeah and then everyone has the tracks yeah but when i come out and i'm like i was the original purchaser mm. like i i am genuinely the owner of those tracks like that's my right yeah nothing proves that other than my word yeah okay i see what you mean yeah yeah there's no proof right. that you had the usb or just a copy that somebody sent all of you. the dubs are fungible yeah okay because they're all just copies of each other whereas if i go about buying one of you know 300 usbs but they're nft'd yeah i am a hundred percent that person and you know inherently that that paradigm of ownership would for me personally prevent me from really wanting to like share it yeah yeah okay so um, yeah so it's interesting and that's that's exactly why i wanted to have this chat because you're bringing like a perspective i hadn't thought of but it seems like it's it's almost a sentimental affair more than like a an investment or a or like a royalty thing like sharing mechanism it, it feels very like just an emotional bond between an artist and his fans almost hugely i think for me it's a way of like i think having been a guy who mixes a lot for a long time dub plates are always the talk of everything like who's got the newest dubs where are you getting them from like but the point is that they have real value yeah they have real value that's hugely undermined by the fact that there isn't blockchain protection built into the way we handle digital music mm -hmm. um and i was just thinking about it like some months ago and was like but it can be done now yeah so i did it <laughs> well, i'm trying <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, had anybody we, we we'll get into like into your, your platform that played it in a minute but had anybody tried that before like like uh NFTs. I know back in the day when I was like 2017, getting into like crypto and like following stuff, and there was this crypto called uh, Vibrate. I don't know if you had heard of it, and it was more for like the live industry, I think. And then mm. I think it kind of yeah crashed and and died like 95% of or more mm. than of all cryptos. Has anybody like tried like a crypto for like music or artists or? So people have done it, like you mentioned before. There's a lot of artists. I think it's like 150 artists that have that have created NFTs of either released music or special tracks, um, and they've done it and sold it based on you know hiring a team, knowing someone, or whatever. But like the whole concept of crypto exists to remove the middlemen and remove like elitism and things like that. So yeah. to me, that's like the most backwards, backwards way of approaching it. They're just using it for a bit of extra money. Yeah. Okay, it does generate revenue. We know that. But what it should be is fully accessible to everyone. Um, so the whole point of this is to create an autonomous platform that means that anyone can come on mm -hmm. and be like, I'm going to make an NFT of my doublet. Yeah. You or I could do it. I don't really have any doublets because I don't produce, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, a label could come and do it if they owned some music and they felt like that was a better way of connecting with their audience. Mm -hmm. It's anyone who owns music, right? So you come on, 
you autonomously create an NFT, which instantly gets sent to you and doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And then you're the owner of an NFT, like Biffy Clyro was, and like Azealia Banks and yeah. Deb Mouse and whatever. And then you're free to sell that for whatever value you feel it's worth. Mm. Or your fans could bid for it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's problem number one. And problem two is NFT stores are all geared towards digital music, um, digital visual art. Yeah, yeah, art, not music specifically. So you can sell these NFTs that are being made on things like OpenSea, but they're amongst loads of like artwork. Mm. And so for me, like I don't walk into a gallery and expect to see like some CDs of yeah, artists yeah, yeah. I like at the end of it like no 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 I want to go to a music shop where I can like flick through the vinyls and like see what I want to buy yeah, yeah. Um, so problem number two is we need a place that is just for music NFTs yeah. so you can have a community of people creating music selling it and fans you know being able to search through and listen to previews yeah yeah so so getting into into the plate is it targeted it towards DNB specifically or is it kind of just music in general how do you envision it so for me it's like drum and bass is my home so i was definitely building it in my mind for drum and bass mm-hmm. um plates obviously exist across a few genres um a lot of like the uk underground scene like grime and dub and um we're working with a jamaican label as well um it's got some ties to dance hall and and reggae and stuff like that um so I think initially it was, you know, anyone who uh, is aware of or understands this kind of like dub plate culture that exists. Um, but the more we get into it and the more we realise some of the problems we're solving, you know, there's no reason that anyone can't make a special edition of a track yeah. and, you know, offer it to their following. Yeah. Um, so it comes from, from drum and bass, but I have this funny feeling that a lot more than drum and bass is just going to want to use it yeah yeah i think you definitely need to start with the audience that you understand best <laughs> instead of like mm. it's like targeted marketing you have to start with like a small niche fan base or like just customer base and then kind of expand it slowly but uh yeah no no it definitely makes sense there wouldn't be any reason why you should restrict it to to just uh, drum base. So I know you have um, like a roadmap and everything on your website. So tell me a bit about like where, like when you, when did you actually launch the platform? Where are you at kind of today as we're speaking and what's kind of upcoming in the next few yeah. months? Yeah. So we basically, we, how well, I had the idea um, like mid bull run um, as crypto was kind of going mental at the beginning of this year. Um, and so we kind of got together um, stuff, um, like built some collateral for it. And thankfully, again, like being a business consultant, it helps with building out a lot of the stuff we needed there. Mm-hmm. Um, we then round like we, we created the token and ran an initial pre-sale. Um, and again, so this was right in the middle of everyone going a bit mad for crypto. Mm. Um, and so we had, yeah, it sold out in 20 seconds, and Jeez. which was mental Um, and so the first thing we did was um, hired a dev team started a marketing campaign you know every single penny went straight back in Um, and so that dev team has been building the platform for a month and a half two months now Um, and it's coming along it's very cool Um, Mm -hmm. and we've basically just come into um, conversation with an exchange Um, I won't mention the name yet because we haven't got it in writing we're mm. still just um, sorting all of the um, official bits out. Um, but what we're going to do is integrate the platform with the exchange so that, like I mentioned before, instead of people having to go to Binance, solving this user problem, essentially. Mm. So while the exchange will sit in the back end, you can scroll through the website, you can listen to all this like unreleased, unheard music. Um, you can find a track you want and you're like, okay, metrics cadence vip i love <laughs> metric i've i've been 
you know, waiting to, to get my hands on this yeah. and I'm going to be the proud owner. You can just, you don't have to know about crypto. You don't have to, you know, yeah. what you do know is you will be the owner. Yeah. That's checkable on the public ledger. There is absolutely no two ways about it. And you can just take your card out like you do on any other website mm. and buy the track. Okay. Yeah, so it's really removing that impression of touching the risky crypto world because that's you're it. you're basically transferring euros or pounds or whatever and that's being converted directly, I imagine, and then yeah. going to actually purchase the NFT. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, right, it's going to take probably another two months of working with this exchange and our devs continuing to build out the platform. Mm-hmm. Um till we have a you know a a usable product that I would feel comfortable marketing properly to the music yeah. industry um you know but we're definitely getting there it feels like a good time in the market there's a bit of a lull it's all gone a bit yeah, quiet yeah. to me that's the perfect time to start building that's when you should be building yeah building and building <laughs> exactly yeah no absolutely yeah when the when bitcoin bitcoins at 60,000 it's it's impossible to stay focused <laughs> Yeah, everyone's just going mental. Yeah, throwing money all over the place. And it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> let, let me work. Uh, yeah. so, so so, what's the, um, so, so it's currently still being built. So do you foresee like within this year that people will be able to like go on the website and because there's the purchase aspect, but there's the artist aspect of actually minting. So that's the technical word, I guess, like making the NFT. Um, mm. So do you foresee those two aspects coming online this year or how do you see it? Yeah, so the actual minting of the NFT um, and the exchange like as a fundamental MVP should be ready around September time, um, which is later than we were hoping. But we fundamentally believe that the success of this project is only going to come from us Mm. executing um, the platform properly it yeah. needs to be the right tool for the right audience yeah. um, and that doesn't really get done in crypto very much like we've mentioned about the user friendliness or lack thereof um yeah so we, we just need to focus on that and, and i'm personally not in a rush mm. obviously still doing this around my day job but um yeah <laughs> that's uh, any moves <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a busy guy um yeah but it, it just needs to be done right you know, yeah. we could we could rush it out and and try and get it in front of people as soon as possible. Um, but fundamentally, if we don't have features and functions of the site properly bottomed out mm. for the audience, it's, it's just not gonna it's not gonna provide the service service that it could. Yeah, yeah, and especially when you're targeting artists, uh, they wouldn't be. And this is obviously no disrespect, but they wouldn't be always the most tech savvy i guess or like i i i don't know how much of the crypto enthusiasts uh like circle and the artist circle kind of coincide but i'm guessing it's not that big um that's all two totally separate places (laughs) Um, and that's okay but just you know i do see over the next 10 years that like a various number of industries will um like reap the benefit of crypto um, mm. and some of the things it has to offer doesn't solve all problems and i'm not saying that there is just some things it does do yeah um and as that happens people will become more familiar mm. but for the case of this launch and you know we want people on it you know by the end of the year 100 yeah. percent um for the case of that like we need to make something that so long as you understand what an nft is yeah as in that you understand that it's a non-fungible token and that mm. that is something that you can do with your digital files. Mm. And there is a place that's specifically geared towards music. Mm. Um, you know, make it as easy as possible. My, my vision is that so long as you know that, you should just have to have basic computer skills to yeah. be able to come um, and, you know, and, and use that on, on a yeah. decentralized platform. Yeah. I think uh, like just thinking ahead also a big thing for because I'm just imagining if I were to like buy an NFT of uh, 
I don't know. I bring up Noel Gallagher on every episode, so I'll just take him as an example. But if he, if he were to release like a track and I were to buy it, I would want it to be kind of visible to people like on social media, like if I'm on Facebook, like some kind of badge or something like I don't want people to go on this kind of niche website to see that I own this track. You see what I mean? Like it has, there has to be some kind of or on Spotify, maybe, or I don't know where, but like some kind of integration where I guess people, because that's the whole point is to be able to show that, okay, I'm the owner of this track and it has to be visible on platforms that people use. I don't know if that's something you, you think about as well or that you've yeah, thought about. 100%. So we're, de- we're creating the, um, the connection between, you know, you having a wallet and that wallet being a user profile. Mm. Um, and we're actually implementing a bunch of, social media functions as well so you'll be able to follow artists and like okay yeah, find yeah. similar artists and you know yeah, um yeah. a few bits that already exist you know on spotify and and um other platforms that people are already using so again like we're just trying to normalize it yeah, yeah it's a complicated technology but it's a complicated technology in the background it doesn't need to be a yeah. complicated technology to use the same as the internet yeah yeah so another question I'm wondering, and it's something I've seen come across quite a few times, is the, um, like, people get why a Picasso would be valuable because he's dead and there's a limited number of Picassos going around and so they have value. <laughs> and, mm. like, people value that art and they're, you're, you're 100% sure that none will be ever created because the guy is not here anymore. But when it comes to NFTs and artists, it's... Like you see producers, for example, releasing like 15 tracks a month, for example. And so if each of those were to be an NFT, like if I were to buy an NFT, I don't have any guarantee that he's not going to be minting 20 other NFTs the following day, for example. So how do you kind of reconcile that that aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Like you're not going to have any control over... Um, how many nfts someone wants to make yeah um i think it's kind of like its own self-sustaining ecosystem right so if an artist is doing that um his nfts are going to be worth less okay um you know there'll be um there'll be protection in that like if you so, so how it'll work is people will come on and essentially say right i've got this dub plate i want 20 copies of it to be minted it'll mint 20 nft tokens and give them back to the artist mm-hmm. the artist can then either put them on like one listing um of which 20 people can buy or he can send one to a friend as a present and then just sell 19 or mm-hmm. whatever um and the value is just going to be based on what people view the value of the artist yeah. but nothing so, sorry to interrupt nothing stops him from minting another 20 of the same track for example so if he, he, if he wanted to, will, he'll be able. He won't be able to do that. He won't be able to mint any more of the same track. But oh, that, that's not him. possible. That won't be possible. No. Okay. Because right. that jeopardizes the the initial um, sale, right? Okay. So you wouldn't be able to. So you wouldn't be able to come on one day and mint twenty of your your one dub play, um, sell it for however much, and then the next day come and make forty more. Okay. All right. Um, you would be able to come on and add a new track, mm-hmm. um, as many tracks as you like, um, but you won't be able to have multiple iterations of minting the same okay. track into an NFT. Okay, so there's some mechanism of like checking that whatever you're minting hasn't been minted before. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay, it's not yeah. all going to be automated to begin with. There'll yeah. be an essence of vetting um, yeah. that will need to be done by a team, okay. um, especially to stop people uploading music that isn't theirs. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that, but that's yeah. How you, you actually need to check that if uh, if if I'm bringing the Cadence VIP to your platform and minting it, and <laughs> exactly. that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there'll there'll be um, a thorough checking process to ensure that the artist is who they say they are. Yeah. Um, and also that the track is, um, you know, is is a unique track. Yeah. Not already on the platform. That's going to be tricky when it starts scaling. Like, yeah, that's there's a, going to be so the, the 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 mark of a couple of months' time is the the MVP, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, 
as we get the MVP, we slowly start building up like um, platform usage. And then as more and more people adopt it, um, you're right, the scaling thing comes into it. And it's whether we scale a team or whether we um, build some really smart functions, but they need to be bulletproof. Yeah. Because the whole point of this, the whole way that you retain value for all of these tracks is the fact that they are unique, one of yeah. a kind, and they're coming from they're coming from the artists they say they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, once once that trust element is broken, then it's all gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll be super careful about it. Yeah. And we're definitely not but again back to why I'm not rushing any of it. Yeah. yeah we yeah. want to take the time, get it right get it right first time yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and that's how we're going to build a, a useful service yeah yeah it's super interesting it brings up a lot of yeah dimensions i hadn't really thought of like it's a lot more like emotion and reputation reputation based because like from the artist's point of view if they're minting a new track every two weeks then s slowly over time people aren't going to buy it because they're expecting new ones to come online the week after and then whereas if you're like uh, like metric whoever and it's like you're minting one track a year for example and it's like i don't know christmas time and you you're minting and people know that after a few years then that becomes like huge because it's like the only track and people know that and so it's kind of a like trust trust reputation cycle 100%. thing <laughs> but even then like there's ways of doing it like people Yeah. People's done an NFT a day for like what five years now, six years or something stupid. I thought um, that was one NFT. At the one end. NFT. But no, said one he, a day. so everything, everything, everything he posts is an NFT each day. But the because there's only one, he okay. doesn't do like 20 copies. Right, that's like one really sought after NFT, and he's actually built uh, value over okay, releasing yeah. more. But then being really yeah. hard to. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, what's going to be super interesting is how that like self-sustaining economy develops and how value is defined between fans yeah, and yeah, artists. Because yeah, yeah. I have no idea how that's going to work. Yeah, we know the value's there. Like yeah, we yeah. we understand that NFTs have value and that it's a way that artists can can not release but can you know um, give music out to their fans. Yeah, but what we don't know is how that economy works when there is the added element of um, you really can't copy this. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's it's going to be hugely dependent on the status of the artist, obviously. Like, if I were to release one track every day and mint it, like, <laughs> nobody would care. And, you never, but, but you could but be a pioneer. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, frequency, like, uh, I could probably maybe mint an NFT from time to time and make a bit of money. I'm, I don't know if I'd make more money the stage I'm at now, if I'd make more money out of it than just Ben Camp or something. Mm. Um, also, the other piece as well is there's a, a, a function as part of the minting process that whichever artist mints it, every time the NFT gets sold on, 10% of the sale goes back to the original artist. Oh, wow. Okay. So if you release an NFT today and, you know, So you're early in your career, maybe maybe you sell it for 50 quid, and there's 20 copies. Yeah. Every single time one of those goes around the ecosystem, 20 years' time, if you end up becoming a huge artist and one of those NFTs sells for 50 grand, yeah, you're still having five grand land in your account every single time it sells. Okay, that's interesting. I had no I, I had thought about the royalties aspect, like when the, like if you're the owner of a track and it gets streamed a million times on Spotify per month, you would, I don't know if that's also possible or not, but I had no idea about the reselling aspect that you could touch, a, you could get a, a cut out of it. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's all built for the artist. Yeah. It's built to kind of counter the, like the rough time that artists have had with streaming services, um, COVID, not allowing people to play gigs. Um, piracy where people are just sharing out tracks yeah. you can't make any money off a CD anymore because it, like, you know and it's just grossly unfair I would say mm. because they're providing value to 
society yeah. that should be like fundamentally rewarded. Yeah. So to me, this is just kind of like a, a hack gotcha. Like yeah, we yeah, can yeah. provide value to these these sounds. We can provide a way that fans would want to yeah, give yeah. the artists the money, and they get something in return that, that they feel yeah. is a value. Okay, so I'm totally thinking out loud now. Could I potentially like mint episodes of this podcast? Like, would that be something? Or... I mean, you technically could. And then somebody would be the owner of episode 25, or I don't know. <laughs> you, you literally could. That's super interesting. Yeah. So, I've, I mean, uh, we haven't really thought of the scope of the platform, right? Like I mentioned, we, we know that we want it to be a place for music and sounds. Yeah. Um, but there's got to be more bottoming out in terms of, um, you know, yeah, how that, how that broader view um, yeah. is incorporated. Yeah. Yeah, that's the super exciting part is like it's brand new technology. So there's no way to know where it's actually going to go and how it's going to be adopted or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. Um, I just want to touch on one, slowly wrap this up, but uh, one question that I had and that um, somebody in my uh, audience was asking. Um, and it's because we touched a lot on. Um, like metric and and boo and i was talking about noel gallagher and like these established artists that we've we've seen uh mint these nfts and make a lot of money out of it and so um what i was wondering and what um carlos uh on my facebook group was asking is how do nfts change the landscape for the average artist and especially in niche genres like like drum and bass um so is there do you really see like appeal or potential for like just random up-and-coming artists within this this nft space so i think it allows them to try it mm. so kings of leon or biffy claret whatever they go out and they're like we're so established we know if we do this we're going to make like five million quid i'm by no means saying that your your like new up-and-coming producer is going to be making five million quid <laughs> but, but there is a scale yeah, And what I think is unjust at the moment is that you can't really look at the scale because everyone in the bottom, like 95%, um, doesn't get the opportunity mm. um, or doesn't have the means. Um, so, you know, you can go and mint the NFT for free. So you just come on, get your song, you're a new artist, and you're like, I don't know, have a look around some of the other NFTs, what other like artists my kind of size what they're selling for um mm. maybe 50 quid mm. you know it could even just be around your mates because yeah. they're like i really think you're going to go somewhere one day yeah i would be willing to bet 50 quid on that yeah, yeah hold yeah. on to the nft for five years and yeah. maybe it's worth loads more like it's a it's an asset yeah the, yeah there is that um like we're talking emotional aspect of like uh, relationship with the artist, but there are, there's also that betting, betting aspect on what, like betting on the potential, like almost like um like a label manager, like a uh, betting on an artist, like okay, I'm paying upfront cost for like studio time, whatever, but I think it's gonna pay off in like five years or something. Mm -hmm. It feels kind of similar to that <laughs> that 100%. time, but uh, in a digital way. Now that's really interesting. And like when you buy Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. You it's, think it's gonna do something over some time. It's a bet on what the future will look like. Yeah. The similarity between NFTs and Bitcoin is their assets. Yeah. So there's always that, you know, there's always people that are gonna hold on to them because they think they're gonna do better in the future. Yeah. Some people might like same with Pokemon cards, same with vinyls. Yeah. But it adds that whole dimension, which just at the moment, like fundamentally can't be added to music because there just isn't the platform to do it. Yeah. But there will be soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great words to end this on. Uh, I really love this chat, man. Uh, kind of, yeah, opened my eyes on a dimension I hadn't really thought about. The whole emotional reputation aspect. I can definitely... Like I wouldn't say I'm 100% convinced, but I can see definitely the the appeal for like an artist that I would love to have those kind of bragging rights on ownership of of the music. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm just really curious where it's go, how it's going to play out. Um, 
yeah, maybe we before we shut off, let people know maybe where they can reach out to you, um, what you have upcoming for either Sunny Moves or uh, or Dub Played, what's upcoming in the next few months. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got um, we've got a few bits coming up on Sunny Moves. I guess if I start with um, start with Dub Plate Trade, like if you jump onto dubplate.trade, you can have a little read through our website. Um, if you have any questions, hello at dubplate.trade. Just shout us. Um, that will be absolutely fine. Um, okay, yeah. So, so with Sunny Moves, we've got the the um, our event coming up, Sunny Sessions with Hugh Hardy headlining. Lowers coming down with us. Um, HG Aiden and our residents as well. Um, we've got uh, Finnadrift Rex coming up uh, through July. Finnadrift Sunset Picture and Elevated Elation. Um, if you're on the on the uh, mail out, you'll have you'll have had that already. And Rex with Take Your Time on the 23rd of July before our uh, before our event. Um, anyone who was keen to get on the uh, the mail out as well, just 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 shout us over at the Sunny Moves Facebook page. Awesome. And, and just so, say thank you very much for having me on, Simon. No, no, at all. It's absolute pleasure. I know it's a topic a lot of a lot of people had questions about, so it was great to kind of chat about it. Um, and so in terms of Dubplate, any milestones or pe stuff people should be looking out for in the coming months? So I think if you, it's something you're interested in, we do have a token. Um, it's uh, probably as low as it will ever be for the next like month or two. Um and then the idea is that we'll be running another round of token sales um, in a couple of months in collaboration with the exchange that we're working with. Um, and then again, we're hoping to come into the embers of the year, so September time, um, have a, a working platform that we can start um, you know, introducing artists to um, and, and collaborating with um, music outlets as well. Awesome. Well, I wish you all the best, man. You're a busy man for sure. So uh, all the best with your different ventures. And maybe we can catch up next year and see where Dub played it at. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Cheers, man.